Today, we've got some special guests, David and Jason Benham, twin brothers, former professional baseball players. Their first company that they ever started grew to 100 offices in 35 states. They even topped charts like magazines, fastest growing companies, Franchise 500's top new franchises, Ernst & Young's Entrepreneur of the Year finalist, Wall Street Journal's top five real estate agents in America list, and the U.S. Chamber of Commerce's top small businesses of the year. Man, not only that, they have done several other initiatives, including pro-life ministry, cultural engagement, and marriage ministries. They also had a reality series show on HGTV, which was canceled due to their willingness to stand up for their faith. I have a quote, if our faith costs us a reality show, then so be it. Wow. These brothers encourage people to stand for what they believe, whatever the cost. Since that time, Jason and David have started dozens of businesses, written several books, and they even launched an online coaching series called Expert Ownership. If that resume does not get you excited, I don't know what can. Keanu, I'm super excited to have these people on, but how did you meet them in the first place? I actually reached out to David on LinkedIn and I told him, hey, I am leading the space for Enneagram and business. <laughs> And basically told him, hey, I'd love to connect with you. I've, I've you know, read up on you a little bit and I'd love for us just to get together uh, and have coffee. And he actually invited me over to a Bible study for business owners that we have every Thursday morning. And we just connected from there. Uh, they had me on their podcast immediately to talk about the Enneagram and business and its impact. And they have just been truly impactful in my life. So I'm so excited for you all to get to hear from them today. They're going to talk about leadership. They're going to talk about awareness. They're going to talk about starting and growing businesses um, and even a little bit of parenting in there. So you guys are in for a real treat. Some amazing leaders, entrepreneurs, and just great, great friends. Without further ado, let's get into it. But guys, I'm so glad to have you with us on the More Than Numbers Enneagram for Business podcast. And I know that our time together today won't do uh, justice to the wisdom that you have in leadership, entrepreneurship, business ownership. But it being Enneagram for Business will uh, get you introduced to our audience and you know, we'll have you back on multiple times, I'm sure. But uh, just introduce yourselves for us and tell us about your Enneagram type and what the Enneagram exposed about you and your leadership and, and just your ownership styles. Yeah, well, D David, I'm the oldest. Uh, we are identical twins. So I usually speak first and we're the Enneagram. I mean, it's that's the beauty of the Enneagram is it has taken my brother and I until the age of 45 to recognize why I am so much more dominant than my brother. <laughs> I'm, I'm the eight. I will gobble him up. We used to unwrap our Christmas gifts when we were little kids. And Jason would unwrap all his gifts and run into his room and hide them into a little pile so that I couldn't go and play with them. Because of course I would just bully him and play with his toys. And it turns out I'm a, I'm an eight. And, uh, and I, and, and the, the, the cool thing about Enneagram Keanu is when you first gave me the test, I had heard all about it and I had even taken a couple other tests, but I didn't really have a 30 minute consult where, you could actually dissect and start um, showing what an unhealthy eight looks like and a healthy eight looks like. And then you actually mentioned something uh, in the spreadsheet that you sent me. You said, listen, you kind of would lean toward a type five. The key is, is that you need a dimmer switch to start dialing back the intensity. Otherwise, you start spinning into an, elf, uh, an unhealthy eight. And I can't tell you, Keanu, I've been married 22 years. 
And my wife many times has said, and this is before we even heard of Enneagram, David, you got to scale it back because you're starting to get a little unhealthy. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't know, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because then when you told me, hey, man, listen, you, you got to put that dimmer switch on. You've got to start recharging a little bit so you can be a whole and a healthy eight because you can do a lot of great things. It's almost like uh, I remember Mike Krzyzewski said to um, the NBA when they were talking, the NBA coach was talking to him about Christian Leitner. And he said, the NBA coach goes, man, this guy's burning my building down. And Mike Krzyzewski go, that said, that same guy heated my building up. <laughs> it's just, an, it's knowing yourself. It's being self-aware mm. and the coach also being self-aware of who you are and helping you, whether you're burning down the house, which a type eight could easily do, but a type eight can also, a healthy type eight can heat the whole building up. Right. So that's what I've learned that's about good. myself. And Jason, you know, we're identical twins. And so he's, He's different than me, but we're very similar. And when we got left Liberty University, we played baseball. I got drafted by Boston. He got drafted by Baltimore. And then we played a bunch of minor league seasons and then got into business. Uh, we really saw how the two of us kind of balanced each other out. And it, and it helped yeah. us a lot. Yeah, I'll, I'll piggyback on that. This is Jason. Um, I'll piggyback on that because <clears throat> I think the whole Enneagram thing is fantastic so long as it's couched in purpose. Like just looking at Enneagram for Enneagram sake so that I can get to know myself better, honestly, can just turn me into selfish little prig. Like it's so true. It, it's so good when you know your purpose, you know, obviously, and you're spending time because we're, we're believers. We know God is the one who defines our purpose and it's our job to just come in alignment with that purpose, not to create our own purpose, but to come into alignment. So yeah. when David and I look at ourselves as twins born in the 20, you know, wait, we were born in the 20th century, right? But now we're in the 21st century. <clears throat> so when we see that, <clears throat> then we see the darkness of culture taking over and, and just kind of getting worse and worse. And, and we see our story and how God kind of thrust us into kind of this whole cultural battle. But we see, you know, Jesus sending out his disciples two by two, but then God made us twins and he made David, you know, this, this strong eight and an eight needs a five and five is like my number two, you know, like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm strong on number one, you know, that there's just that, that something in me, you know, I, I don't want to be wrong. I, I don't want to be evil. I don't want to be inappropriate. You know, my, my core desires, I want to have integrity. I want to, you know, to line, I want to be the same person privately that I am publicly. But when I really think about it and I, and I think about the unhealthy part of that, where, I can feel resentful and angry if someone doesn't meet my expectations mm. or just like, you know, like even this morning, my son, my 18 year old, I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, you, you, your, your shorts are on the ground, like pick them up and put them in the drawer. Watch this and pull the drawer out really slowly, put the shorts <laughs> in the drawer and push it in wrist slow. Like, man, my heart's beating really hard right now. Wow. That was really difficult to do. You know, like <laughs> my personality being like that, like here's the expectation. You didn't meet it. And if I'm not careful, I can get really resentful. So I got to be very, that's why I've really enjoyed Keanu, you taking us through the Enneagram because I'm able to see some of those things. Like I'm able to look at myself on paper and say, oh mm -hmm. yeah, I, I need to be very careful with that. But when you take the Enneagram, you couch it in purpose. It's powerful. Yeah. Talking a little bit about your, your son, it also makes me think about your team that you lead. How would you, how has this understanding, this self-awareness helped you in leading them? Well, I'm going to 
go off of something that you said earlier when okay. we were talking Lamar and you were talking about your Enneagram type and how sometimes you realize you just need to kind of pull away. Um, yeah. When, when I first started in business, I, I was the guy that was kind of helping, you know, manage our team and, and make things happen. And I didn't realize I wasn't a manager. I'm not definitely not a manager, but I was around people so much and pouring into them so much, trying to help them be good and right, you know, cause that's what mm-hmm. number one to do that I, I started to find myself getting really agitated at people, the very people that I'm trying to train and lead, the team that God has given to me. What I didn't realize was there was that part of me that, that needed to pull back and not be around them so much. And to have certain times of the day where I was and certain times of the day where I wasn't, I was just making myself available to everybody. So understanding the Enneagram really helped me discover not only what my strengths were, but what my weaknesses were so that I could actually take that, become a better team manager uh, and a team leader by pulling myself away and saying, you know what, I need to refuel. Like what you said, Lamar, in the beginning, however, now and then you just, Hey man, just play a little video game or something for you. And that's a recharge, yeah. you know, for me, it's reading the Bible, which is so much better than <laughs> no, just writing, writing another book. I'm sure. Right. Let's another, keep it real. Actually, we're doing that right now, man. It's one of my favorite things to do. I just love it when I'm alone and writing. Is that a sneak peek? What What is the next book that we can be expecting from you guys? Honestly, it's expert ownership. It's our business story, along with our twelve part, uh, our twelve step process on how you can be an expert owner, where you can serve God, thrive in business, and live a life of impact. So I love that. Quick plug for those of you that are listening: visit expertownership.com and visit their course. Their course is amazing. It's helped me to establish my business. I'm bringing on six coaches uh, into the practice because of their four S model and what they've taught me in in uh, multiplying the impact and, and having sustainable business. So I thought it'd be a good time for a good plug there. Perfect, Dave, <laughs> David. Same thing for you. How has understanding your type as an Enneagram Eight helped you in your leadership? Well, I'll tell you this: uh, Type Eights can be bulls in a china cabinet. And I have bull rushed people in meetings before. You know, it's funny because I see my weaknesses so much more clearly than I see my strengths. Like I can see like, okay, yeah, a type eight, great, you're a challenger. But then what does that look like uh, in interpersonal relationships and leading a team in business when I want something and when I know this is what the company needs to do, or this is a delivery that we need to have, or whatever it may be, this is a client we need to go after. I don't take any excuse at all. And it, and it makes me really harsh and um, not very pleasant to be around and almost kind of builds a culture of fear because mm-hmm. we don't want to let down the eight because the eight's a bull in a China cabinet. And so what it's done is it's caused me to be more compassionate and empathetic. And I've had to deliberately say, hey, listen, my personality is if I know that this task has to be done, even when I was a kid, I did the exact same thing. If I know this task has to be done, I am literally putting a piece of wood in my mouth, gritting through it until it's done. And I will literally skip meals. I'm like, I won't even, I don't even think. And then all of a sudden it's six o'clock at night and I'm ravenous hungry and I still can't even figure out why, because I've been so honed in on, I'm going to tackle this challenge and win this bad boy. So what it's done is it's caused me to be more empathetic with my teammates. Um, it's, it's also caused me to really delegate more. And that's, this is probably maybe a little more interesting for an eight, because I know that 
other person, other people, they all have different personalities and they're different personality types. And some personalities clash with others and some re really mesh with others. So it's caused me to delegate very well. And what I recognize is as a leader in my company in multiple companies, if I don't delegate to the right people, then I'm going to step in and not make the best decisions for the company. Mm -hmm. uh, even though I can very clearly see, like, for instance, we have a property management company that's growing exponentially. It's, it's very exciting to watch. I started the company. I remember I had a gut feeling. I called Jason. This was several years ago. I called him. I said, man, I got a gut. This is where the market's heading in Charlotte. We need to jump in. We have the ability to do it. Uh, we've got, uh, we've got, credibility in the marketplace. I can make a few phone calls and I bet we can get some portfolios. And by God's grace, that's what I did and went out there. And, but I knew immediately I told Jason, but we have to have this guy leading the charge. And I named a guy that we know and love. And I said, he has to lead the charge because he's going to be so much better with the type of folks that we need in the trenches with us to hash out all those tasks and all those utility connections and all that property management stuff that you got to do. He's going to be better with them because there's a lot of nuances with it than a guy like me. I'm going to be like, why is the tax not done? So <laughs> it really helped me knowing who I am and being self-aware has helped me to delegate properly, which has helped me become a much better leader. Now <laughs> I actually pour into the leader of the company and I don't have to uh, be dealing with a lot of the management on some of the other personality types and the other employees that we have. I'm really pouring into this guy because he and I, our personality types really go hand in hand. Yeah. That is such a huge growth step for type eights is understanding delegation because I, I wrote it in a blog not too long ago on my website, but the, the type eight is a snowplow and they're going to get a vehicle from one place to another regardless. But if you imagine a snowplow coming onto the road and scooping up a Toyota Prius and saying, I got to get this to the destination and pushing it through the snow, right? Eventually it's going to get pushed out to the side. It's going to be stranded on the side of the road and the snowplow is just going to keep on pressing forward. But when, a, when the snowplow is doing its job or the aid is healthy, they're clearing the path and the vehicles are falling in behind them and they'll get off on their destination wherever they need to go as the aid continues to plow forward. And so the aid, the reason why delegation sometimes can be an issue um, or it's just a major growth opportunity is because the aid doesn't like to be controlled. And so they don't need to be in control, but they don't like to be controlled and other people's actions or uh, yeah. them falling short or them not doing yeah. it right can start to control us and control the outcome. So it's like, let me do it. I'll just do it. I'll take care of it because I don't want to be controlled by uh, your lack of whatever. And uh, so that, that's why that's an issue. Let me say something real quick uh, in terms of being a dad. I mean, I, I, I've learned a lot with my 21 year old boy to my 10 year old boy. My 21-year-old boy, I would be like, no, I'm like that snowplow. I'm like, no, you are going to do this. You're going to act this way. You're going to talk this way. Now, I get it. We need to train our kids in the nurture and admonition of scripture. By the way, that, that saw noise in the background is I have remodelers at my house. So I apologize for that. But, but we do want to train our children in the nurture and admonition of scripture. We want to make sure that we're opening our home, opening the scripture in our home and leading our kids and not just letting them you know, it says a companion of fools suffers harm. So we don't just let our kids hang out with whoever they want to hang out with. But we also can't like dip their head in the water. Do you guys remember Nacho Libre? Oh, you yeah. Remember when, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember when Nacho, he, he told uh, Stephen, his wrestling partner, he's like, well, you have not been baptized. 
And Stephen's like, no, man, I ain't been baptized. And so Nacho, instead of like talking him through it, takes a bowl of water and smashes his face in it. And he's baptized. That's me. Oh, and so now gosh. I've learned that with parenting, you can't do that kind of stuff. Jason, it seemed like you were going to add to that story there. Tell us about a time where David got your head in the water bowl and smashed it in it. <laughs> hey, I know how to handle David, you know, and, and typically I remember one time like the, the you got to remember, like he's a bull in a china cabinet. And so I know when to let him go and when not to. So about two years ago, our company was, we, we had one of our companies was in the process of kind of winding down, but we were going a little slower than normal. David wakes up one morning, calls me early and was like, we got to, we got to, we got to act. We got to cut everything. We got to cut it now. We're going to cut it. And I was like, oh, if we do that, man, that's going to, man, that's going to cost us. And he's like, I don't care. We got to cut it. And I was like, I'm just going to let him go. I let him go. And within two days, everything was done and it hurt. You know, I mean, no, I think we had one person that, that lost their job, but they were able to get another one immediately. We were able to help them find another one. But about two months after that, I looked and I woke up one morning and I said, man, I am so glad that company has been wound down. Like I, I looked at where the market mm -hmm. was and I looked and this was, this was about a year before COVID. And I looked at where we were and I was like, man, I'm glad that I kind of just let him go and I let him do it. But then there are other times where that bull in a China cabinet, I got to pull it back. I'm like, dude, you got to, you got to slow down, man. And see, that's the beauty. This is why I said Enneagram's power is found when you understand your purpose. Yeah. So this is why you have to be led by the Holy Spirit, because if David's led by the Holy Spirit and I'm led by the Holy Spirit and both of us are surrendered to that, then I know that sometimes my Enneagram type is going to want to jump out and do this, this, and this, but his is going to say, no, we need to do this, this, and this. And it's the Holy Spirit that tells us who should win. Right. Mm -hmm. And that usually comes from a period of waiting. This is why if you're in partnership, you know, and especially like in marriage, if both of you are going after God, surrendered, mutually submitted to one another, mutually submitted to God, and you're walking, that's the pace that you're moving. You're walking. God will show you which one should take the lead in that moment. It's like yeah. David and I, when we do our podcast, one of us is color and one of us is the lead on questions. David handles the lead on questions and I handle the color. Why do I handle the color? Because I'm way funnier than he is. Because <laughs> I can come up with some of the funniest stuff you've ever <laughs> But you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's that. It's why I'll continue to come back to discover your purpose, figure out your purpose, recognize that that's found in your creator God. Then take Enneagram. Don't switch that around. Don't switch those two around. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you're going to end up not becoming self-aware. You're going to become self-conscious, and that's a bad place to be. That's good. It's uh, We know that as Christians, we have to see beyond ourselves to the ultimate purpose and the ultimate mission, and it's hard to do that when we don't know what is our self, what is our flesh, what is our nature, and then what is God. So it's yeah. like, well, I already know to see beyond myself and to understand myself. It's like, yeah, but if you don't understand yourself, right? So for example, I could very easily say as a type eight, say I don't understand uh, what I do from the Enneagram, I could say, well, I know that it's from God that I go and, you know, kick this door down. It's like, no, that's your nature, right? Yeah. That's, that may not be from God. Sometimes it may be, but when we can understand and differentiate the two, we say all this time on this podcast, we don't want people to just understand the Enneagram. We want them to better understand themselves and their purpose yeah. through the lens of the Enneagram. It's, it's simply a tool. Oh, can you it. tell us a little bit about what it was like when you guys first decided to go into business together, managing each other's personalities and some of those woes that you went through in the beginning? 
Well, I'll start, David, you can chime in, but one of the first things that David and I did, and this is very, it's a smart thing to do. I mean, we didn't have a business coach or anything like this, but we just knew as twins, we're, we're going to kill each other if we don't do this. I took out an Excel spreadsheet and I listed all the main tasks that, that we had to complete in our job. And then I, I made my name in, in, in green, Jason, and David's name in red. That was our key. And then I went and made half the tasks red and half the tasks green. And the green tasks were owned by Jason. David could only help. The red tasks were owned by David and Jason could only help. And when I did that, that on a very practical, and you're like, wow, that's so simple. I'm telling you the number of people that don't do that and don't make it that simple, they end up like trying to do some crazy, like strategy, strategic, whatever, whatever. And uh, if you got to go that simple. And so once we did that, it really helped us get along. Now we had some fights. I mean, there was a time where David actually put a massive dent in the trunk of our car that we were sharing. He, he punched it. He like legit <laughs> punched it. Cause I was like, no, we're not going that direction. You want to go, we got to go this direction. He's like, Whoa. boom. And he punched it. Of course we were 27 at the time. So he's past that. No one had ever told me about being an Enneagram eight and what it looks like when you're unhealthy. <laughs> You were just doing it, figuring it out as you went. That's I love right, it. Man. I just go figuring it out as I went. But Jason, but here's what's cool is every three months or so we would revisit that and we would reallocate tasks based on workload because I mean, there's, there's nothing. Now, when we first started our company, we, there wasn't social media or any of that other stuff. But now I see a lot of younger entrepreneurs starting companies with other entrepreneurs and there's nothing like one dude in the trenches while the other dude's on social media at the beach right you know it's like you that kind of stuff will really start to hurt your relationship unless you allocate the tasks up front and then revisit them and you kind of eventually after a couple of years you get into a rhythm and a groove where you believe that it's distributed equally and evenly across and had we had a tool like the Enneagram right there at the beginning, not only would we have, you know, been able to operate clearly like we were with our managerial and, and splitting things up, but man, that would have really helped us understand some things much better, much more clear. So now, of course, when we start a business or anything like that, the Enneagram's right there front and center. Are there, there any tests that you tend to avoid knowing your personality types that now that I know what I know about myself, I should probably stay away from these types of things. Do you, do you feel yourselves having those moments? I can tell you about David's. <laughs> I'd love to know In, it. Anything that involves details. No. <laughs> hey, listen, hey. We, I went back when we built this big commercial project and we went back after the project was over and he had written probably twenty-five dollars to $30,000 worth of checks duplicated. Fortunately, we have great contractors and they're like, yeah, you wrote me a duplicate check or whatever. And so I think only one or two of them actually got, you know, deposited. But because he's just like, oh, here's the invoice. I'm going to hurry up and write this check and get it off my table because he's not the he's not the. So what I did was I delegated. Now I have two uh, lines of defense. I have a, a daily bookkeeper and I also have a monthly audit and a monthly uh, reconciliation that's done by two separate people. And I still run and manage the books, but now I've got all this in place because now I've, you know, I've been able to delegate. I'll just tell you this. Have you guys ever seen Secretariat? 
the the no. story of that amazing horse. You got to watch it. <clears throat> it is fantastic. It's that amazing horse that ran. It won the Preakness, the Kentucky Derby, and then the other big one, whatever that one is. And it, it won all three. And uh, it's the it's the fastest horse that's ever lived. And it's called Secretariat. Anyway, mm. when the owner of Secretariat went to find the trainer, she found this trainer who literally is an Enneagram 8. I'm telling you, he's a challenger. He's belligerent. And nice. he does, obviously, he's not even mentioning the Enneagram. But as you watch it, she can't find him anywhere until fi she finally finds him at the driving range. And he's out there shoot uh he's he's hitting golf balls and he's a terrible golfer and she's watching him and he she's saying she's trying to talk to him saying hey would you uh you know would you be interested in in training my horse and he's like i'm sorry ma'am just let me finish hitting this ball and he hits this ball and it's a terrible hit and he starts screaming four and the person that he's that he hits it towards screams back at him and then he's like well shut up yeah and then he's going back and forth and then he stops and he turns and he very calmly says do you see what happens when i put myself in a position to fail and so he goes i'm not training your horse i'm not putting myself in a position to fail that's a long way of saying that as an enneagram eight if i put myself in a position to fail which is intricate details i cannot tell you how many christmas eves I have literally wanted to drive myself to a saloon and drink the night away, right? I've never drank before a day in my life, by the way. But because when the kids were little, I had to put all these toys together. And my wife, oh, like, man. not tell me that, oh, by the way, your Christmas Eve is going to consist of you putting yourself in a position to fail until 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> because not only is he bad at details, and, and same with me. But neither one of us are mechanical. I can't. So it's, you know, it's, it's so easy. All you got to do is screw this in, screw this in. Next thing you know, man, that screwdriver has, th has been thrown like, through the drywall. These freaking <laughs> engineers, they don't, who's writing the directions on this stuff? It's stupid. <laughs> you know, my knuckles are bleeding. I'm angry, you know. So anyway, that. that's, uh, that's something we've had to learn. Well, we've talked about, you know, how you guys help to uh, understand one another and, and gain self-awareness. And of course, you're twin brothers. So I think that it would take a whole lot for you to ever separate in business. And, it, you know, we don't tell people that, hey, you're still, you're still going to be successful if you don't hire us and, and let us coach your team with the Enneagram. We're just going to accelerate that growth, right? We're, you're still going to figure it out like you guys have. You've, you've launched multiple businesses, very successful people. We just want to accelerate that. But as twin brothers, I think you guys kind of locked each other in and said, you're not going anywhere. You're going to learn how to deal with me. We're going to do this together, uh, whether you punch the, the, you know, a dent in the trunk of the car or not. And it forced you uh, to grow together. But I read your book, Whatever the Cost, and, and you guys, you have to go and, and listen to it, especially leading your business uh, from a Christian perspective and keeping God at the middle, whatever the cost. You talked about transitioning from your dreams of going into the major leagues, which you did, to then you know transitioning out and starting a business. Where do you see um, how God had prepared you kind of along the way? What skills were transferred as you were pursuing your dreams and accomplishing them of joining the league to then becoming business owners? Because I always find that God always has a way of bringing it back around. Where do you see that in your life? Well, um, I can say this. Uh, first, let me, let me just say something about what you said earlier about hiring you guys and, and uh, you, you can help people get to their goals faster. Uh, what you guys remind me of 
uh, Lamar and Keanu is the the little walkway escalator thing at the airport. You see people walking, and then you jump on one of those things, and you can walk at the same pace, but you're going a lot faster than the people who aren't on that. That's what you guys are like. So that's my little shameless it. plug, Lamar and Keanu, <laughs> hire them. Appreciate okay. that. But looking at uh, professional sports for us and college sports and all of that, it helped us so much because there is no difference between building a successful business and getting a college scholarship or making it to the big leagues or whatever. It's you start with a goal, you learn how to visualize yourself accomplishing that goal, and then you go out there and you do the things necessary to get you to that goal. And that's where David and I came up with our little tripod of wealth, where you've got the three things. It's discipline, it's diligence, and it's determination. Like discipline, doing what you don't want to do to accomplish what you want to accomplish. Diligence, the consistent movement in a positive direction, even when you can't see results. And then determination, how bad do you want it? Like all of those things that we discovered in professional sports translated into the business world. And then when you take on top of that a, an understanding of who you are as a person from the Enneagram, man, it makes you a very powerful person. So, and we tell everybody, you can learn anything about building a successful business just from looking at your past, every single human being, look at your past, look at your history. You have learned some things that are going to help you in business. Now go out there and do it and use discipline, diligence, and determination. It's a soundbite right there. Drop the mic. Drop it. <laughs> Right, Absolutely. David, top that. Oh, no, I was about to say that's that, that's my line. He stole it from me. No, <laughs> we we built that together. The thing is, is I remember I wanted to dunk a basketball. I was 14 years old. I was five feet eight, white boy. Uh, the the white man can't jump movie with Wesley Snipes had uh, had just come out. They're too young, man. They, they no, I know that one. Way over there. That's a classic. That we one. remember that one. That's oh, a yeah, classic. Jump. And I remember thinking, man, why there are some white men that can jump? I, I could just couldn't name any. <laughs> Rex, Chapman, <laughs> Rex Chapman could dunk pretty good. But, but anyway, and I remember saying, I don't care. I'm 5'8". It doesn't matter. I want to dunk a basketball. And so I, my brother and I came up with this little workout for six weeks. You know, uh, we did this crazy workout, jump shoes and all this stuff. Well, we didn't have jump shoes, but it was very similar to those types of workouts. And so um, we were pushing our Volkswagen bug up and down the road at 4.30 in the morning before school. I mean, we were absolutely, we were disciplined to get up. We were diligent because we did not stop. And we were determined we were going to dunk a basketball. And I kid you not, man, that must have been about eight weeks. I had just turned 15. And I'll never forget, I was in PE. And it was around 2 o'clock in April. And I had, my hands were slightly big, just big enough to where I could palm a good rubber basketball. And I remember, man, I had a good palm on that thing. And I'm like, yeah. This is the day. (laughs) Snap in the rim, you know. And so I'm like, I'm going for it. And it just, something happened. I'll never forget. I can still see it to this day. I remember getting up over the rim and watching the ball go through and feeling my hand go over and then pulling that, the rim down. And all my buddies were in there and pulling that rim down and it snaps and the ball goes through. Everybody erupts. We didn't have cell phones, so I didn't get to capture the darn thing. But I got it in my heart forever. But I'll tell you, I'm reminded of my past of discipline, diligence, and determination to dunk a basketball when white men can't jump. And so it's like, 
I, I, in business, I know that we can succeed if we apply discipline, diligence, and determination. And it didn't come easy. I, I didn't just dunk a basketball. I failed a lot. I got pinned on the front of the rim. I fell backwards. I looked like a fool. But you just don't stop. How bad do you want it? Now go out there and get it. Discipline, diligence, and yeah. determination. To hear it from both of your uh, lenses, Jason talked about when you, you know the right things and you, you write them down and you go and accomplish the goal. And David says, they told me I couldn't do it. So I went for it, right? Uh, that's and that's just eight, baby. <laughs> epitome of a type one and a type eight. If you ask Lamar and I to go and do something, he'd say, okay, let's write it down. Let's figure out how it all translate. Let's make it make sense. Let's put it in order. And I'm like, tell me, give me, and I, I, one of my statements with Lamar and my friends is give me a reason. It doesn't even have to be a good one. Just uh, give me a reason. I'll go and get it. So that's funny. <laughs> Any special, special mentions for the audience guys, before we leave, we mentioned your next book, Expert Ownership, uh, coming out your course as well. Where else can, can people follow you and engage with you? And, and what are some things that you're working on as far as I know you guys are leading uh, in the culture as well with keeping Christ at the center of things. Share a little bit about that before we let you go. Well, I, I want to just encourage people. You can go to BenhamBrothers.com or, or see at BenhamBrothers on all socials. But David and I do a weekly uh, business by the book. We may be changing the name of that in 2021 to Living Among Lions. We wrote a book about that, How to Thrive Like Daniel in Today's Babylon. And a big part of that is being awesome at your work, being good at what you do. But when we look at the culture and we see what's going on, we look at uh, 1940s Nazi Germany. If we were Christian business owners at that time, uh, we would feel like it would be our responsibility to stand up for those Jews who were being exterminated. And so we believe that, that God is really calling us in 2021 to step more into the cultural uh, battle. And so on Thursdays, we do a, a 8 a.m. Eastern time, a, a Bible study, very deep, cultural. We're going to help you with your work. We're going to teach you that your work is worship, how you can be awesome at it, how you can thrive in your faith, family, finances, fitness, and friendships. And, uh, and so I would say, hey, man, Come, come and join us for that. Keanu, that's how we first met you. You came and joined us with that. And now you're helping us. And, and you know, Lamar, Keanu is our guy. That's He, he is Benham Brothers, and he's doing all the curating for us. And he's talking to all the people, and he's really good at it. He's phenomenal at that stuff, man. Yeah, you, you know, our, our heart's desire is to help people serve God, thrive in business, and live a life of impact. And, and that impact, first and foremost... It's an impact for Christ, but also an impact in your family. And, and Jason and Tori do marriage counseling. Jason's actually got his master's degree in counseling. He would not normally tell people that. But it, God's given us a unique um, angle and a unique bent. Um, we're not Bible teachers. We're not pastors. We're not politicians. We're entrepreneurs. But the word of God is central. And, uh, and we failed a lot along the way. And we share our failures. Uh, and we share whatever way we can help you succeed is what we want to do. And, and so that's one of the reasons why we recognize talent when we're seeing people and Keanu, when we first met you and now Lamar, now that we know you, you walked in Keanu and Jason and I, I remember after you left, I remember looking at him and said, that's a talent we want around us. And so if we could just encourage people, and I know you did not ask us to do this, but true strategy is the real deal. I mean, what you guys are doing, a lot of people can run the wrong direction with Enneagram or the disc testing and, and some of these other things. And they put their hope and, and energy and effort just into those things and self-awareness. But it's, it's really, what does it look like when you're whole 
and you know yourself because in 1 Corinthians 12, it's one body, but many parts. And we want to know about all the parts of the body. And we want to know our personalities. And how does that look whole in Christ, specifically in the marketplace? So we've really, we've really thoroughly enjoyed our partnership with you guys, with True Strategy. And uh, just encourage everyone that's listening to sh- not just listen to this and do it, but share it with your friends because it'll truly help you. And take it from a couple of dudes. We're both 45 now. Uh, we've got some grown children and we've succeeded at a lot of things. We failed at plenty, but we have succeeded enough to be able to say, take it from a couple of 45-year-old guys. They say you can't keep, you can't teach old dogs new tricks. Well, Jason and I learned a new trick. This true strategy, this Enneagram stuff, centering it around Christ is the real deal. We're all for it. We're just so thankful. Guys, this was an honor. Thank you so much for everything that you've been in our life and especially joining us now on the podcast. We'll have you back again. Thank you guys to go ahead and follow the Benham Brothers on all social media and just everything that they're doing for the culture and keeping Christ in the center. Reverend Billy Graham, he told us that the next great revival would happen in the marketplace. And I think these gentlemen are leading the charge. So thank you guys for joining us. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Thank you.